Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Kansas basketball never sleeps, that's for sure. A crazy week, crazy episode coming up. Thanks for joining me, you crazy kids. Um, I, of course, am from Southern California, and let's just say that today's episode is brought to you by In-N-Out. That's what it seems like is happening all over the Kansas basketball roster. That's what's happening all across the college basketball landscape, and that's, of course, what's happening within the NCAA tournament, which seems to have taking a backseat to all the extracurricular news happening in the world of collegiate basketball. Starting off hot, welcoming everybody, Jonas Nordman here on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here's what I believe. Like I said, it just absolute wildness. There was basically news about KU basketball if not every day of the week so far, here on a Thursday, it's been every other. Uh, players coming in, players going out. The transfer portal is in its state, just doing whatever it wants at the moment. It is a being. It is bringing in players. It is spitting them back out. The transfer portal consumes us all. And at the moment, it is doing a lot <laughs> to Kansas basketball. I'll get to that in just a moment. There's news about new players, like I mentioned. There's coaching news, not necessarily on the Kansas side, but also sort of on the Kansas side. It was breaking news this morning, and I'll do a little bit of a, well, not in memoriam because the guy isn't dead, but you know, it's the closing of a rather remarkable career in college basketball. So let's get right to it. Uh, Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, Believe Podcast Network, always get in touch With the program, let me know your thoughts, your concerns, your queries about college basketball, about KU. Uh, Of course, like I said, the NCAA tournament is still happening. Let me know if you're, in fact, happy that Kansas didn't even have to deal with playing Gonzaga because the team that blew Kansas out by a bajillion in USC looked like amateurs next to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, So Gonzaga will go into the Final Four to take on the other Los Angeles team in UCLA and Gonzaga immediately is a 14 point favorite, even though UCLA has knocked off one seeds and two seeds. And, but do keep in mind, miraculously, if you will, UCLA was down big at halftime or at least in the first half to Michigan state went to overtime at that first four game. And they become the second team to go from the first four all the way to the final four. Other side of the bracket, Baylor takes on Houston A lot of Kansas-related flavor, if you will. Of course, the Big 12 is represented in the Big 12. Or, sorry, the Big 12 is represented in the Final Four. Big 12 is always represented in the Big 12. Uh, So, congrats to the Baylor Bears. And then for the Houston Cougars. You know, those Cougars prowling the the bars late at night. Of course, the, the player on Houston, who was the American Conference Player of the Year, Quentin Grimes. Young man who couldn't take some hard coaching by Bill Self, didn't necessarily like how things were going at Kansas, saw his spot on the roster essentially go 
to Oche Abaji, and he decided to transfer. Congratulations to him and Houston. They have an excellent team, but I think at this point, I think we're all sort of angling for Baylor versus Gonzaga, the best offense in the country versus the best defense in the country. Should be good. So, can we stop talking about the NCAA tournament now? (laughs) I mean, at this point, especially for a Kansas basketball show, who cares at this point? It's sort of a fait accompli that Gonzaga is probably going to win, right? Barring a miracle from UCLA or a really strong defensive effort from either Baylor or Houston. We'll see. This time next week, we'll see, right? Final four this weekend. Enjoy it. All right. I mentioned that much like a double-double, the Kansas roster is full of ins and outs, and man. So the transfer portal was buzzing in Lawrence this week. And here are the names. Going on out and announcing that they will be leaving the University of Kansas. And as I'm on air, I'm monitoring my phone. I'm looking at Twitter. Someone else could transfer as we speak. That's the way things are going right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Heading out, the first name to announce, Tyon Grant Foster. He was the first one. It was earlier this week. I believe it was Monday. He takes his broken-ass jump shot elsewhere. Came in. I don't want to say he came in with hype and fanfare, but this is a guy who was supposedly the best player in junior college, was a proven scorer, would have been in Division One if not for some academic issues or you know whatever reasoning gets you down to junior college, and never really looked like he belonged. The next one to announce, I believe it was the same day, actually, is TGF. Tristan Anaruna. That one kind of hurt. Again, a guy who never really gained any traction during his time with Kansas. Came in last year as a freshman on a loaded team. Didn't necessarily get a ton of playing time, but showed flashes when he was in there. Clearly talented. Length, size, athleticism, ability to sometimes hit an outside shot. And yet, again, the playing time didn't necessarily look to be there for Anaruna. I don't know if it's a practice issue. I don't know if it's a defensive issue. Like Bill Self does not trust you (laughs) or did not trust him on the defensive end. Uh, I don't know if it's a commitment or laziness. I I don't know. Again, this is pure speculation, but those are generally the reasons why someone doesn't play under Bill Self, especially someone who clearly had what appeared to be all the physical tools for a basketball player. And then lastly, just announced yesterday on Wednesday, Jethro Muscadin or Jethro Muscadin. We never really learned how to pronounce his name because he barely got into, into any games this season. And considering the size depth issues that KU had this year, and considering the fact that Jethro hardly saw the floor, this doesn't seem like a move either. That's going to affect KU that much down the line. I I apologize for coming off as harsh, but, you know, for a year that was, it was an off year for Kansas basketball, right? And these kids put themselves out there. They are on national TV. They have scholarship options or opportunities, as well as who knows what other kind of opportunities, right? If the guys are not, and I assume guys like Anaruna and, Grant Foster are looking to become paid in the future, either by the NBA or somewhere overseas. Anaruna could always go back to the Netherlands, right? He's a Dutch player. He's probably got a bright future overseas or in Europe. 
They're going to want to keep kept it real. And that's just the facts. Jethro Muscadine hardly played. Tyon Grant Foster couldn't shoot the ball. And his minutes weren't really there. And Enaruna, for whatever reason, just couldn't get on the floor. Even in an era where Kansas was at times experimenting with small ball, he was an ideal small ball center. So out go those guys, and I would not be surprised if someone else hits the transfer portal. I don't know who. I don't know if a player such as Ochai Abaji is going to test the NBA waters. I don't know if Latrell Jossel is going to maybe enter the transfer portal. Another guy who came in this year who barely saw the floor, he and Jethro had the same minutes, which was rare. So who knows? Out they go. In comes Zach Clements. These are recruits that were already signed before this week. Zach Clements, Sidney Curry, KJ Adams, and then out of the blue, KU able to flip a recruit who was previously committed to Louisville. And now Bobby Pettiford will be a Kansas Jayhawk next year. Point guard looks like a scoring guard. And everyone's saying he's in the mold of you know, speed like Devon Dotson, scoring ability. And as I thought about it, this sounds like a recruit or a signing that Kansas really needs. Because as you start to look into it a bit more, the best teams that Bill Self ever has is with a scoring point guard, right? You know, call it Mario Chalmers as a scoring point guard, although he's more of an off guard. Sharon Collins. I mean, these are the legends of modern Kansas basketball. And this is when they've been at their best. Sharon, Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Devon Dotson. You know, if you want to say Tyshawn Taylor, at least his senior year, 2012, when they went to the Final Four, feel free. (laughs) So when Kansas is really humming, they've got a good scoring guard. That doesn't necessarily mean... It's when they're freshmen because it takes some time to get some seasoning and to learn, especially under Bill Self. But that's when Kansas basketball is at its best. And maybe that'll mean that Bryce Thompson maybe takes those reins for a little bit next year. I don't know. I'm already starting to speculate. The offseason does weird things to me. So in comes Bobby Pettiford. Pettiford. <laughs> Excuse me. And then out of nowhere, Right after, I think it was Enaruna announced, or maybe the day after. I found this on the web. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Siri. <laughs> Useless piece of technology. Out of nowhere. Sorry, they got me. Believe in Jayhawks. Basketball show. Believe Podcast Network. Flying in from Missouri. Southern. University. I want to make sure I get that school right. I don't even know if that's the correct school. It's such a out of nowhere school. Yeah, Missouri Southern University comes in the big, beefy, 6'9, 240 pound, three times Division II All American, Cam Martin. Man, the transfer portal is something special. You never know where you're going to. What kind of depths you're going to reach into and find your next roster spot? 
Cam Martin, like I said, three-time Division II All-American. Now, if you're wondering, how is this guy going from Missouri Southern to Kansas? Well, he has the ability to score. Averaged 25 on 45% three-point shooting last year. And if you're wondering how he chose Kansas over other schools like Creighton and Georgetown who are looking at him, which maybe tells you an idea that this kid was at least sought after. And if a school like Creighton that moves the ball, shoots a lot of threes, was looking at Cam Martin, this might be a legitimate stretch four, stretch big. But he was coached at Missouri Southern by Jeff Boshi, former Jayhawk guard. Maybe him a little nudge up to Lawrence. It's like, hey, you don't want to go to Omaha? Go down to Massachusetts Street. Give it a look. So here comes Cam Martin. He's got a lot of tattoos. <laughs> that's what stood out to me. Doesn't necessarily look the part, but that's what all the articles said. He doesn't look like an athletic freak, but he is country boy strong. That is a quote. Country boy strong. Doesn't get pushed around on the block. And he can shoot. Here's why you don't necessarily hear a ton of excitement in my voice right now. Call me gun shy. Call me wary. But at the moment, I am holding off on opinions on lower level transfers. Tyon Grant Foster scarred me that badly, man. Again, he, he wasn't hyped up to be the next Andrew Wiggins, anything like that. But he was written in pretty glowing terms. There are people that went down to watch him at Indian Hills College. I mean, the guy knew how to score. And then he comes in, and the jump shot is just broken. And he hardly plays this year. And in a year when Kansas was at an athletic disadvantage, the best athlete on the team couldn't get on the floor. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little wary of lower-level players rising up to the ranks of Kansas basketball and heading into the rough-and-tumble Big 12, which is going to look a little different next year, which we're about to talk about. We'll see. Prove it, Cam. Prove it. Look, Kansas now has... I don't want to call it quality depth yet, but they've got guys to compete for the bigs position, the centers, the forwards. David McCormack, who had foot surgery, by the way, uh, broke it against Eastern Washington. Probably helps explain part of his ineffectiveness against USC. But then you bring in a guy with size and Zach Clements and Sidney Curry. Sidney Curry is a big, burly, power forward type as well, who is at least going to make Mitch Lightfoot earn it, right? If Mitch is going to come back because he loves the college experience and clearly has no pro prospects, guys like Cam Martin and Sidney Curry, I'm really hoping they, they make Mitch Lightfoot earn it. So, how about all that? If you need a recap real quickly, heading out. TGF, Tyon Grant Foster, and Jethro Amuscadine, and Tristan Enaruna, they out. Coming in, well, you can check the recruiting 
message boards and recruiting rankings all you want. By the way, with Bobby Pettiford now coming in, Kansas now has the number five ranked recruiting class in the nation. So the transfers, if you will, Bobby Pettiford, although he was just flipped from Louisville, and Cam Martin. And they will join the rest of the already recruiting class that was coming in. And keep your eye out. Again, would not be surprised if there's more transfer portal action for Kansas. Also looking at Ty Ty Washington, a recruit. Could be another good guard to add to the arsenal. I said the Big 12 is going to look a little bit different, right? Soon after, Shaka Smart ruined and sullied the reputation of the Big 12 by getting upset by Abilene Christian, thus starting the snowball effect that saw the rest of the Big 12 go to hell in a handbasket in the NCAA tournament, except for Baylor making the Final Four. Maybe he was eased out, massaged out of the seat at the University of Texas, but he took the job at Marquette, who also dumped their final, their former head coach, Steve Wojciechowski. Oh, man, all he had to do was have a modicum of success at Marquette, and he probably would take over for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. That did not happen. So Shaka Smart goes to Milwaukee, and right away, when that Texas job opened, all eyes directed right down the road to Lubbock. Chris Beard has done wonders with the Red Raiders. He is a University of Texas alumni. Granted, it is Texas, a school and a program that has all the resources in the world and quite, let's just say, the talent pool to choose from in the state of Texas, in the Lone Star State. Chris Beard, you could argue, though, could wait for any job he wants. And Texas was apparently the job that he wanted. It was announced today. Chris Beard is going to leave Texas Tech. He's going to join the Longhorns. That creates a vacuum down there in Lubbock and perhaps creates a monster up in Austin. But, man, Texas is a tough job. You are expected to go there and take advantage of all those resources and talent and facilities. And if you don't, the world comes crashing in quickly. Granted, this is Texas basketball we're talking about. It's a different world compared to Texas football. Texas basketball, if you're good, then they're like, yeah, you really should be. If you're bad, people half don't care, and people in Austin are like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, the Irwin Event Center is not necessarily always packed for Texas basketball. But still, this is a job a lot of coaches would be clamoring for. So he's done amazing things at Texas Tech. This is a program that was in the dumps. Remember, coaches such as Tubby Smith have come in there. Guys won a national championship at Kentucky and done nothing. And in comes Texas, or sorry, in comes Chris Beard, takes them to overtime of a national championship game. Puts really competitive, tough teams on the floor year in, year out. And now he goes to Texas. It is a different mentality of player. Part of the reason why I don't think Shaka Smart succeeded at Texas is because he is a small program coach. Excuse me, I'm tripping over myself because I'm so passionate about how terrible Shaka Smart was at Texas. (laughs) 
At VCU, he could do the us versus them, us against the world mentality, small school. You're going up against the bigger schools that didn't want you. Rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. Come on, VCU. Let's try our hardest. And then you go to Texas. And not that players were, were entitled, but these are a different class of recruits. These are different kids to deal with. It's, it's a different mentality. Maybe Marquette is more of a middle-of-the-road type of place that his coaching style and his philosophies will work better at. We'll see. Only time will tell. But again, Chris Beard comes in. What he did with Texas Tech was take a lot of scraps, put them together. The sum was greater than just the pieces. I think he's a bit more of a tactician and a better X's and O's guy than Shaka Smart. He's been recruiting really well to Lubbock. So that should continue to Texas. Not that Shaka really had trouble recruiting to Texas. He's got a lot of guys in the NBA right now, certainly big men. I don't know. This is a really fascinating hire, a really fascinating transition within the conference, and something we'll have to revisit in three to five years and see how it's going. And that goes for the whatever hiring happens down in Lubbock. That takes a competitor off the table, presumably. We're coming towards the end here. Appreciate you listening. Man, just transfer news and Chris Beard gets us right through a full episode, but the other news that broke today is huge news within the world of college basketball, and it hits home in Lawrence. Announcing his retirement, the 70-year-old coaching legend, one of my favorite figures, truly. I really mean this. One of my favorite figures in the world of college basketball, Roy Williams, retires from his post at the University of North Carolina. Why that matters here on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show? Well, of course, he spent several years, over a decade plus, on the bench at Kansas from, what, 1988 to 2003, racking up 418 victories during his time at Kansas, 418 and 101. That's an over an 800 winning percentage. He ended up winning 903 games overall a basketball Hall of Famer, one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever to do it, got his national championships begrudgingly as a Kansas fan during his time in Chapel Hill, but did make the national championship game twice during his time in Kansas. Of course, infamously leaving after the, the loss to Syracuse in 2003 when he, quote, didn't give an S about North Carolina. And then he went to North Carolina. And he made four Final Fours, that's a mouthful, during his time as the Jayhawks head man. Without knowing him personally in the slightest, only from a distance and watching him on TV, he was one of the great characters of college basketball. And I'm not trying to make him sound like he's passed. He's not. But, you know, it's going to be different watching Roy on TV watching games as opposed to coaching them. He had a great passion. Um, I've been lucky to sit in some Roy Williams press conferences during NCAA tournament time. Uh, this was 2013 when, remember, Kansas beat North Carolina in the second round of the tournament in Kansas City. He is personable. He is likable. And in a way that Mike Krzyzewski does not come across, 
he seems to have a real passion for the game or not. I think coach K has a passion for the game, but he goes about it in a different way. A smile on his face, not condescending necessarily. And a guy who really, I think really appreciated the opportunities that he was a part of. Granted, there was the, the schooling issues at North Carolina, some, some of the classes that they were taking. But he's a guy you always wanted to see being interviewed. He's a guy whose teams you had to watch because they were entertaining and played fast-paced basketball. And that creates a really interesting opportunity. North Carolina, you don't need me to tell you this, is a powerhouse of a program. This is the creme de la creme of college basketball, right up there with Kansas, right up there with Kentucky. So their next hire will be a very important one. No former Jayhawk, but Roy Guy, Jared Haas, probably will be in consideration, and I'll leave my short list there because I don't really care, right? This is a Kansas show, and you should... If you want that kind of information, you can probably find it pretty easily. But Jared has to have the Kansas connection. He's currently coaching Stanford and done, you know, you could say as about as well as possible, considering it is Stanford. But it's North Carolina, and they can get whoever they want. Should they want to go outside the, the, the Tar Heel family? Or if they want to go within that light blue consortium? All right. Appreciate you listening. Kind of a sad day that we don't get to watch Roy Williams coach anymore. But certainly an interesting week, right? All the comings and goings, and it's by this time next week, I'm willing to bet we're going to have a lot more news to get to. It's the offseason, but that doesn't mean that this hot stove stops percolating, if you will. Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I am Jonas Nordman. Enjoy the Final Four if you want. Uh, baseball season is starting, so you'll have something to do every single night should you want. Uh, it's interesting. I was thinking about it yesterday. I came into the terms like, ooh, be wary of Baylor and Michigan. You know, and, and here we are. Baylor is in the Final Four. Michigan, maybe you could say I was correct on, but they made the Elite Eight. It's not really a bad season for a one seed and got taken down in a, in a tough game. Went to overtime with UCLA, who is a team on a mission and maybe a team in a destiny. And that destiny is probably about to get crushed by Gonzaga. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Looking forward to speaking with you next week. Looking forward to see how the news changes and shifts as each day goes on. Can't wait to follow this North Carolina coaching saga and search. Uh, should be really fascinating. I always love coaching searches at places like North Carolina and, and UCLA a couple of years ago because I feel like it tells you where the program is at, you know? So North Carolina is a little bit different. They will always be the pick of the litter, but they could get whoever they want. And we'll see what they settle for, if it is a settle. Anyways, enjoy your weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a safe weekend. And until next week, I bid you adieu in a friendly rock chalk. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.